The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Let us stand for the reading of the Gospel. Jesus went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then, he, then you will begin to say, we ate. Uh, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and, you, and taught in your streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all of you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. This is the gospel of the Lord. It was a long time before I really understood Jesus' teaching about the narrow door. I've heard it a number of times through the years, and I never thought about it. Except one year when I was going to preach on this text, I got to thinking about a narrow door. What in the world is a, a narrow door? And and how narrow is a narrow door? Uh, we had a young man in our church in Rogers who worked for Meek's Lumber Company. That's a plug. <laughs> and uh, I, I told Mitch, could you make me a narrow door? And so he made me this door. It's a six-inch door. Almost fully functional. It's hard to close. And I asked myself, well, what good is a what good is a six-inch door? What can you do with a six-inch door? Well, you could probably take your spaghetti and store it standing up, right? If you played hockey, you could keep your hockey sticks in there. And if you had a belt collection, if you collected belts, you could hang them in there. And Jesus said, strive to enter through the narrow door. What? what good is a door that's so narrow you have to strive to get through it? And the word strive in the translation for today doesn't do the Greek justice because the word means fight, push. We get the word agonize from the Greek word that Jesus used to get through the narrow door. What good is a narrow door? Well, Jesus said, if you want to get into the, into the kingdom of God, you have to strive to get through the narrow door. Someone asked him, teacher, will many people be saved? And behind that question, I think, was this question, teacher, will I be saved? And Jesus said, yes, you can be saved 
But only if you struggle to go through the narrow door. Now, this is not the only place where Jesus talked about narrow stuff. In the seventh chapter of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, here's what Jesus said. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is easy, and they lead to destruction. And there are many who take it. The narrow road, the wide road and the wide gate. Then Jesus said, for the gate is narrow. And the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few people who find it. He talked about a narrow road, a narrow gate, and a narrow door. And the people who get through are few indeed. Jesus also told another interesting metaphor. He said how it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I I have a wonderful picture, and you'll see it in a few weeks. I have a wonderful picture in my files about a camel... Who is, who is sitting on a treasure chest. And in one hand, or in one hoof, you, as you like, the camel is holding a needle, a big needle. And in the other hand, he's holding his tail. And what he's going to try to do is run the tail through the needle through the eye of the needle. Now, he may, get, he may get the tail through, but he's not going to get it all through because the needle, the eye of the needle, is too narrow. Narrow road, narrow gate, narrow door, narrow needle. Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to go through the narrow things. That is to say, that salvation is not easy. That's the teaching of the narrow door. Salvation is not easy. It's possible, but it's not easy. Now, I have to be careful here. Because although salvation is not easy, it's free. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus has done it all. I can't do, you can't do anything to save yourself. It's free. And so the question is, what does the life of a saved person look like? And a saved person is a narrow door person. I want to say that again. A saved person is a narrow door person. Once you decide to be a Christian, once you've embraced Christ as Lord, that means you're going to turn your life over to him and you will seek to go through the narrow door. You'll stay off the wide road. You'll stay out of the the, the wide gate. You'll stay out of the, the wide door. You'll choose the narrow way. We talk about being on the straight and narrow. Or as I said a few weeks ago, Christians live their lives between the ditches. 
We Christians are narrow door people. But not everybody who becomes a Christian stays to be a narrow door person. And that's best shown here in the letter to the Galatians. The Galatian Christians, like the Colossian Christians, they were all first-generation Christians. Nobody came from a Christian family. Some came from Judaism, some came from other religions, some came from various philosophies, some came from nothing. And through the evangelistic work of Paul and others, they, they came to Christ. They gave their lives to Christ. They believed in Jesus. They were baptized. They received the Holy Spirit. They were saved. They were Christians. But then some of them went back to the old ways. They went back to the wide road and the wide gate and the wide door. And this is what St. Paul wrote to them. To be on the, on the wide road and the wide gate is to be in the flesh. And he says, the works of the flesh are obvious. That is to say, the people who are on the wide road, that what they do is obvious, fornication. And I have to say that of all the lists of, of bad things that people do, and there are several lists in the New Testament, sins of sex usually head the list. Because that's where the greatest struggle is. The works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing and things like these. These are the things that these Christians were doing. And St. Paul says... I am warning you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not enter the kingdom of God. And the reason is, they're going through the wide door. And the wide door leads to destruction. Saved people are narrow door people. And so what we find in ourselves is a struggle. A struggle between, on the one hand, understanding that we are saved. We're saved, right? Anybody have any doubts about that? No, we, because it's free. On the other hand, there was this attraction to the wide road. There was an attraction to the wide gate. There was an attraction to the wide door. And frankly, a lot of our friends are on it. It's jam-packed. That's where the world is. And that's where we're tempted to go. And so Christians must remind themselves again and again and again, I am a narrow door person. I'm a narrow door person. And I remind you and I remind me this morning, we are narrow door persons. As hard as it is to go through the narrow door. There's a wonderful line from Paul's letter to the, to the Philippians from chapter 2. He says this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Think about that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying save yourself. He's saying now that you're saved, figure it out, work it out. What does it mean to be a Christian? 
You have to understand yourself to say that. And then you have to say, what does it mean to me? What does my life look like now that I am a Christian? And you have to work that out with fear and trembling because you know how much we are tempted to go through the wide road and the wide gate and the wide door. Work it out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And Jesus said, go through the narrow door. Jesus never asked us to do something he wouldn't do. Jesus Christ, our Lord, had his own narrow door experience. It happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember early in the Gospel, Jesus decided he's going to Jerusalem, he's going to be crucified, he's going to die for the sins of the world, and, and Luke tells us that he was going to Jerusalem and the disciples were, were, were spooked because he was going to his own death and he looked like he didn't care. But his death was off in the future. And then on Palm Sunday, he bravely walked, went into Jerusalem because his death was off in the future. And every day he, he preached in, this, in, in Jerusalem and it didn't matter because his, his death was in the future. And then that Thursday night, when he sat around the table and Judas left the table to go to betray him. Now his death was close. And after the Lord's Supper, he went up to the, to the mountains and he asked them to pray. And he prayed this prayer. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. His death was imminent. And now he was struggling with whether he wanted to do that or not. It was his, his narrow door challenge. And three times he prayed, Father, if it's possible, I don't want to do this. Let's do this some other way. And finally he decided to go through the narrow door. And what he gave up was his right to live. He decided he no longer had a right to live. All he had was a right to do the Father's will. And once he decided that, he passed through the narrow door in obedience. And he gave his life for us. Jesus had his narrow door experience and he won. But let's get back to the teachings of Jesus because most of Jesus' teachings are narrow door teachings. We talked about before about the, the rich man going easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why was that? Not because he was rich, but because he worshipped his money. Being rich isn't bad. Worshipping your money, putting your money in the place of God, that's bad. And so you remember the, remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and wanted to be his follower? He was so excited about being a follower of Jesus. He was ready to do that. And the Bible said Jesus loved him. This was a good one. This is the kind of guy you want your daughter to marry. And Jesus is good. Only one thing left. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And that was not a poverty program, by the way. He had to give it to somebody. Might as well give it to the poor. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. 
And there the rich young man stood in front of the narrow door. And he couldn't go through. Because his love of his riches got in the way. And the Bible says he left very sad because he couldn't go through the narrow door and follow Jesus. And Jesus didn't run after him. He let him go. On the other hand, remember Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, this rich guy up in the tree, and Jesus says, come down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to your house today. Now, Val and I have been inviting ourselves to your houses over the past several months, haven't we? We say, we're coming to see you. Well, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, well, I'm coming to see you. And so Jesus went in to eat with Zacchaeus. I wish I knew what went on at the dining room table. Because Jesus had a heart-to-heart talk with Zacchaeus. And when they came out, when they came out, um, here's what Zacchaeus said. Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. If I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. He still had a lot of money. But he gave away half, and he paid back four times what he had, so, what he had stolen from anybody. And Jesus says, today, salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. See, Zacchaeus had his, his, his narrow door moment. And he passed through because he no longer worshipped his money. The teachings of Jesus are full of, of narrow door stuff. Let's listen to some of them. People who are saved forgive. Christians are naturally forgivers because they have been forgiven. Peter once came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I forgive somebody? That's, that's a fair question, don't you think, Keith? How many times? Seven times? Peter thought he was being generous. Jesus, no, 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 no. You forgive 70 times, seven times. And that's not 490 either. Jesus said you keep on forgiving and you don't keep score. That's characteristic of Christians. That's a narrow door teaching because ah, don't you get fed up with people after a while? And if you like to hold a grudge, it's something you don't want to give up. I see enough smiles to know I hit hit a nerve somewhere. Yet Jesus said, narrow door people are by nature forgivers. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. That's a narrow door teaching. That whatever you do in your life, it comes second place to seeking God's kingdom. Give everything to that and and everything will take care of itself. Is that true? I think it's true. But it's a challenge for some people. Well, you have to eat, don't you? You have to drink. You have to buy clothing. How can you... Put the kingdom of God first. Well, do it. The promise is, the promise is, he'll take care of you. That's a narrow door teaching. Turn the other cheek. 
that's a narrow door teaching. People say, you can't, you can't do that. If someone hits you, what do you do? Well, you give them one back. Turn the other cheek. It's a narrow door teaching. Walk the second mile. Someone makes you to walk one mile? Walk two miles. Love your neighbor. That's a tough one. Ever had a bad neighbor? Ever had a neighbor drive you nuts? We did. That's hard. But that's a narrow door teaching. Love your neighbor. Pray for those who persecute you. We're going to hear a, a lecture out here from the pastor from Belarus, and he's going to hear how the church in Belarus is being persecuted. Pray for Jesus said, pray for those people who persecute you. All of the teachings of Jesus are narrow door teachings. And when I hear them, at least for me, they pinch like cheap shoes that are two sizes too small. And they make it clear that going through the narrow door is not easy. We're saved, but to, to keep your salvation, you have to act like a saved person. And yet there is this. Once you go through the narrow door, there is no better life than the life you live through the narrow door. There is no better life than the one you live through the narrow road, the narrow gate, and the narrow door. If you want a good life, go through the narrow door. Finally, one more scripture from Hebrews chapter 12. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame. We're saved people. Let us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the way you do that is to go through the narrow door. Amen.